Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Joining me is a very diva-esque Josh Newberg. I have a time limit. What do we have, 25 minutes until until you check out? You're cutting in. Come on, let's go. All right, quickly. Can I tell you a story real quick? Yeah, sure. I think our, I think our listeners will enjoy it. So I had lunch, or I guess breakfast this morning. It was a, a late breakfast with Chris Snee. Uh, you weren't invited because you live five hours away from us. But we got breakfast, and then we said our goodbyes. He can't do the podcast today because he's covering hoops right now. Uh, but anyways, said our goodbyes, uh, went and did a bunch of errands, and then I stopped at a liquor store. Not to get liquor. Um, it is on, this is fairly on brand for me, though, because, you know, liquor store at like 11 o'clock on a Friday morning. Uh, I went to go get a cigar. And uh, who do I see but Chris Nee in the parking lot just hammering away on his computer. Type, type, type. He was breaking recruiting news. So uh, I thought you'd be proud of your boy that he's just, just pulling over in random sketchy parking lot Any, anytime any place that's my boy that that's him and of course i was getting uh fueling one of my addictions uh, early in the morning too so all right man we got a few things to go over uh fsu related obviously today and and recruiting personnel transactions it's that time of year where there's a lot of rumors so we're going to kind of go through and just hash those out for the next 20 minutes or so uh, but real quick guys make sure to subscribe to us on itunes five star reviews uh, that helps out the the podcast gain popularity as it becomes more popular. Gives us more incentive to to keep doing it, and maybe we'll get this. Uh, you know, someone actually uh, will want to you know invest in us one day and, and sponsor us. Probably not though, as long as I'm doing it. So, anyways, Josh, let's uh, let's talk about quarterbacks because that's what people people want to know about. DeAndre Francois goes ahead, and, and we reported earlier in the week that that he was back and enrolled in the spring semester. Uh, he goes ahead and announces that he is returning to Florida State uh, for at least the spring. Uh, and then, you know, in that same day, actually right before DeAndre announced it, uh, Jalen Hurts put his name in the transfer portal. So I'll, I'll kick it off to you because there's a lot to kind of kind of unwrap there. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting few days. I think you did a good job of uncovering the fact that DeAndre Francois could not graduate transfer, graduate transfer, because he was a couple hours short on credit. So knowing that um his options were kind of limited it was either go to the nfl and struggle to make a roster going as an undrafted free agent or um transferring down and by all accounts of people around him you know i, I had been told that he didn't he didn't have an interest in transferring down um and, so and by down you mean to like a group of five fcs right i mean he's looking mm-hmm. at saying power yeah. five okay so as the season ended i think he had every intention of leaving the program Um, he probably also thought he was going to graduate and one thing led to another. And I think a lot of the confusion came from the fact that Florida state didn't play in a bowl game. Um, they didn't report to practice every day. They didn't travel together. The team wasn't really together after the season ended. So you kind of had Francois hanging out there and was free and able to kind of take a look around and, and, and slowly, I don't want to say he made a decision to stay because he didn't really need to. Um, but all this kind of transpired over time, and there's a lot of confusion. But I think it had just had to do the fact that once the season ended, everybody kind of went their own way. And there's no real reason to have an answer from for, for Francois and what he's going to do mm-hmm. until the spring semester started. You know, I mean, if you're the staff, what do you really need to know? Um, you know what you got him if he returns. You know what you got if he leaves. And it might even simplify things if he leaves, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah. Uh, well, well, I think <laughs> he I, returns for now. They, for now. Um, and, and to kind of go off of that, Josh, so a few things. Uh, one is, is Florida State was planning on the real possibility that he was not going to be back. 
Uh, they were starting to recruit as if they were only going to have one scholarship quarterback on the roster entering the spring. Uh, so, so it, you know, there was a report out from the Orlando Sentinel. I think it was after the same day as the early signing period because Willie talked about DeAndre Francois. That was basically, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but I think it was weighing his options, quote-unquote. Didn't specify what those options were. But the Orlando Sentinel reported that DeAndre was not going to return to FSU, uh, was likely going to go pro. Um, and DeAndre, publicly, he refuted that. He called the Sentinel, and they fixed up the story. But we were hearing very similar things, so just not enough, you know, a little look behind the scenes. Like Josh and I were talking about this multiple times a day where we felt like we were getting close to being able to report that he wasn't going to come back because we were hearing very similar things from people who would know DeAndre well, but it wasn't, you know, firsthand. Uh, and if it's not firsthand, uh, we need at least a few sources on that for me to feel confident with it. Uh, but but that shows how fluid this has all been. And a lot of times I think people want like an immediate direct answer to something. Is he staying? Is he going? Is this coach coming or are they not? Uh, is this coach leaving or is he not? Like people want to know that. And this has been a very fluid offseason, more so than than in recent years. And for what I can remember, you know, covering the Jimbo era, it's, it's been different. Um, but with DeAndre, it was very much so a, a process of him kind of weighing some options, but then, uh, you know, the options of, of maybe transferring, I think ended up not becoming part of the uh, realistic scenario. And in a weird way with missing on Sam Howell and everything, all of a sudden now you need DeAndre. <laughs> well, at least, yeah, at least for the spring to have, you know, able bodies, uh, because we saw last spring FSU only went through with two as well because DeAndre was still hurt. So, you know, there's still the possibility that DeAndre could transfer out. I think now you're going to see how he does in the spring. Um, yeah, and that's more that speculative on so my part. so many questions to like, how do you play it if you're Willie Taggart? Yeah. If you know, and we don't know the, all the answers to this, but so you, you would need to know if he plans to return, if he's telling you he plans to return or if he's unsure, you know, how many snaps do you give him? How, how, Dur- during the spring? Yeah. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But although, yeah, on the flip side of it, hey, they don't have a quarterback coming in yet. So mm-hmm. they might need him just so just to run two different teams on yeah during spring so I, I think otherwise we might see willie tagger back there taking snaps <laughs> of course. Like, and ultimately i think that's you know this whole thing might just be for that they might be trying to pare down their quarterbacks just so willie tagger can take snaps in the spring <laughs> breaking you heard it here first willie tagger former uh championship winning right did he win a national championship he won a national championship at western kentucky as a quarterback right something like that i don't know fake news or um, state championship in high school <laughs> he did win one yes but i thought he i thought he i don't know he played at a really high level at western kentucky and was an option quarterback before the spread old school option but um but yeah man the, the francois thing's interesting and to clarify like you know with him falling and i mentioned something about grades his grades are, are good and, and he's obviously qualified and stuff i just he he took a from my understanding was and, and i'm not super comfortable swimming in these waters because it's about a student but um it is a public figure to an extent too and, and i have enough sourcing to say like that he and it's out there. Other publications have touched on it and reported it. So I feel like my hand kind of kind of called and I had to at least put something out there on it. But but essentially, like he took a heavy workload in the fall to, to give himself the flexibility to be a graduate, which is great. Like that's obviously what you want to end up being, but, but fell a few credits shy. And um, now we'll be in a position to, to still graduate, you know, before he's technically a, a senior uh, at least with eligibility. So he'll still have that possibility, but I think that's what leaves open. Like, okay, would a grad graduate transfer be an option, you know, after spring, once this semester ends, if he you know, gets those couple classes done. Um, and then, like you said, Josh, I don't know how many reps you give him. 
Uh, is he a fit, a fit in Kendall Bryles' offense? I mean, Kendall Bryles runs almost the exact same offense that Willie Taggart tried to install and, and didn't have a whole lot of success with the first year at Florida State. And we saw DeAndre looked kind of clunky at times running uh, some of the option concepts here with the RPO, and and they had to do a lot of pre predetermined uh, reads instead of in-play reads because that just wasn't in his wheelhouse. Uh, and, and so, and I know the offensive line was bad, and that obviously – uh, heard him there but but that's something else to kind of consider with all this too is like is he a fit with what Kendall Browse wants to do maybe the spring is a time for them to see okay with with a different teacher and a different guy working with the quarterbacks can they advance someone who has a lot of raw talent um, but they just didn't seem like a great fit in the system so it's going to be interesting in that perspective um, but moving on from DeAndre Jalen Hurts is is a name that's out there and uh, in the same day that Jalen Hurts's name gets put in the transfer portal or at least it gets reported that it's in there uh, DeAndre actually announced uh, that he was coming back. So uh, I don't know if those are linked together. I don't think they are, but worth noting that this all kind of happens on the same day as we try to unpackage all of this. Yeah. Um, J- <clears throat> Jalen Hurts is a guy that we know Florida State had it, has interest in. We've kind of r- reported that um, through our, our writing over the last, I'd say, four to six weeks. Um, since, back after, in December, since after the early signing period, is I think the first day that we put out there. Yeah, so is that yeah, officially. But I mean, we wrote that we expected FSU to have interest in Hertz if, if he was available. Um, and vice and versa, knew, because I knew back in December FSU was going to see his dad. His dad's uh, head football coach at Channel View or Channel Side High School in Texas, mm-hmm. and um, Florida State was on the road. And there's nobody that they're really recruiting at that school, but they were going by that school to 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 talk with his dad um so that was back in december as soon as he hit the transfer portal we i know that willie tire has had contact with him directly um fsu is one of the schools he's considering there's been no visit set up we're keeping an eye on that um <clears throat> i think i think there's a good chance fsu gets him in on a visit if he does do that you know if he does the thing where he takes a couple and then chooses um unless he just takes one visit to one school and, and makes the decision. But I think FSU's in the mix for Hertz. I do not consider them a favorite. Um, uh, what do you, where do you think FSU stands in all this? Cause that's what the people want to know, Brendan. Yeah. Uh, well, this is log- like me just trying to apply logic to it. There's obviously the ability to sell playing time to Jalen Hurts. Like I don't think DeAndre Francois coming back really impacts what FSU would pitch to Hertz as, as they want a mobile running quarterback. None of the quarterbacks, that they have well, uh, that, that's not true. The, the the two primary quarterbacks they have that would be eligible to play this season, James Blackman and DeAndre Francois, aren't prototypical runners. Now you got to adapt your offense to what you have. Uh, but Jalen Hurts is is more fits the bill of what Willie Taggart has had success with, and, and what Kendall Bryles, even though he's been pretty adaptable, what he's had success. Yeah, with. at this point, I don't think we're 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 splitting hairs over how he fits. I mean, FSU's yeah. in a spot where they have to get. Yes, I don't think they're getting Jalen Hurts, but they're in a spot where like they have to get Jalen Hurts or someone, someone like him. It doesn't matter if he fits perfectly or not. I mean, they didn't sign a high school guy. They didn't sign a high school guy last year. Um, we don't expect Jordan Travis to be eligible. We have questions on whether DeAndre's coming, whether Blackman's coming. But we if you discuss how Jalen Hurts fits in the offense all day, they they need him regardless. My my point being though, I guess, is if you're bringing someone in, you're bring, a graduate transfer is it's someone that is expecting to start because that creates ripple effects with the other quarterbacks on yeah. the roster. So yeah. so that's why I guess I think talking about his fit is important. But yeah, we've established this in previous podcasts well, that, that FSU would have interest. But but I guess my question is yeah. like, why would 
look at some of the other options that he has uh, and other fits and other places where he can go where he's comfortable. What does FSU have other than immediate playing time and some nice skill players to, to offer that other schools don't? Like Miami, uh, his, his quarterback coach from Alabama just just took a job as Miami's offensive coordinator like five minutes before we started the podcast. Was it Dan Enos? Enos? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've heard Maryland as a name that's been mentioned with... For obvious reasons. Yeah, for obvious reasons with Loxley going there. So... Uh, or he could look at maybe going closer to home, and TCU has a, has a need at, at quarterback. I, I think I'm trying to think of other places that have been mentioned with him as well. But there's other schools. UCLA. That, I was told from a from a source within the college football uh, coaching circles that UCLA was a team to keep an eye on. I was told um, Maryland for mm-hmm. you know what we talked about with Loxley, but yeah, now Miami. Miami was already being whispered about before this move, so maybe. Um, they're more of a player. I just, at the end of the day, he's going to choose one school. And I agree with you. Florida state has some, some selling points for him, but I do not see this one, um, going in FSU's favor. Yeah, because other, other schools is the starting quarterback at FSU next year. No, I agree. I think right now that looks, looks on Oklahoma is close to home. Like you said that, that they're in the mix. There's other schools that can offer what Florida state can offer, mm. but have more stability on the offensive side of the ball. And you're only going for line. one year. Exactly. So if he's going somewhere for one year, like you're going to a ready-made built-in situation or as much as you possibly can, that's going to highlight your strengths and give you a chance to get to the next level. Um, so Florida State has to address the offensive line. This is the same thing they had with Jalen or with Chandler, with Justin Fields as well, was they had to address the, the questions on the offensive line and the fact that they only bring in three uh, and no true offensive tackles or, excuse me, uh, freshman offensive tackles, like high you know, high, high value, you know, blue chip guys at a position that's of major need in the early signing period, I think hurt them with Justin Fields. And, and I kind of question how it's going to impact them with the other, you know, graduate transfer quarterbacks they would maybe look at. Um, Who's it? Wimbush from Notre Dame is the only other name that I've heard that they could possibly look at too. Um, but that was yeah, about a week I, or two and ago. I've heard for a couple weeks now that Wimbush was a guy that they'd have interest in, but was, was kind of a, um, not the primary focus behind yeah. Hurt. You know, he was the he was secondary to Hurts. And again, so. if you're bringing in a guy like him, uh, he's wanting to play right away. Uh, how does that impact you know what you have with James Blackman or DeAndre Francois or you know whatever? Again, there's. Well, I think we already know what they think of James Blackman, and we already know what we've seen with Francois. Yeah. So, I think they're looking. They're they're assuming that whoever they bring in is going to win the starting job. Of course, like I said, when Jimbo was involved with Golson, I don't think. Jimbo ever uttered the words to Golson that it was his job, but if he was recruiting him and wanted him, he obviously thought he was going to win the job. And I think that's the same thing here. If they're going all in on Hertz, they end up going all in on Wimbush. It's because they think that those guys are going to come in and win the job. And and you can make assurances, and obviously there's no like contract or anything binding. But I remember Jimbo, I remember Jimbo saying it was at the ACC spring meetings, and he had lunch with some of the reporters, and someone pulled him to the side and and asked him about it and, and about. Uh, Everett Golson at that time and and he said yeah he said we're uh, he said we're looking at him but there's some I think he said negotiating quote-unquote which I think people were at first were like oh my god money or whatever I think it was more about role and playing time and the possibility to compete and, and what it would look like you know that he would get x amount of you know opportunities and snaps or something like that uh, but yeah I don't know that for sure that was always kind of what what made the most sense to me but anyway so yeah, the quarterback situation um you know here we are in mid January late early January and 
still not quite settled in yet. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch the next few weeks here. Uh, you could check out Knowles 24-7. We've had some updates with uh, freshman quarterback recruits or you know, uh, high school seniors and Plumlee and then, uh, then Legendry too, Lance Legendry. Uh, Chris Nee has gotten some scoop on both of those. So check out Knowles 24-7 because those guys are going to obviously be high priorities for Florida State. At the end of this recruiting cycle, they want to add at least one more freshman quarterback to this class. Uh, but I don't know if either of those guys are day one, you know, impact players. Uh, so you're still looking to try to try to bolster the top part of the depth chart. So kind of kind of unsettling uh, in that sense because you're not sure what you have yet here in, in January. But uh, we'll see. So let's talk about a little bit more transaction stuff. Uh, Amir Rasul, uh, reserve running back, who's kind of shown glimpses. His name's in the transfer portal. You reported that yesterday, Josh. Transfer portal, guys, because there's a lot of people that I don't think understand what it means, and, and maybe I should write something more in depth on the transfer portal. But uh, well, I'll, I'll let you explain it to them, Josh, because you're you're the one whose name's on it, and you're the ones whose whose words keep getting misconstrued. I feel like over and over again when you report on the transfer portal. I don't think they're getting misconstrued at all. Um, <laughs> this is just new. People are getting used to it. It just started in October. Um, I think there's been how many. How many FSU players have entered the name in the transfer like portal? Like four or five, four. Xavier Peters, Demarcus Adams, Alexander Four or five, and I've broken all four or five of them. Yeah. Um, what it is is the players can now put their name in a database that allows other colleges to, one, know they're transferring, and two, once you're in that database, you're allowed to have contact with these other colleges. Um, it started, I believe, like October 16th or 17th, somewhere around then, and players all they have to do is go to the compliance people at fsu they don't even have to tell the head coach anymore from my understanding and tell them that hey i want to be in the transfer portal and their name is entered into the portal i think it has to be done within 24 to 48 hours something like that of them telling compliance so it's a quick process from what i understand and the thing about it is you can have contact you can visit other schools but you can also resend your name at any time and take yourself out of the tra- transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, being in there doesn't mean that you are definitely transferring. It doesn't mean that you've received your release from the university. It just means that you're on the market. It's like a dating app. Like you put your name in it. It doesn't mean you're obligated to go on a date with someone. It just means that, hey, you're out here and you're swiping left and right right now. That's all it means. You're just looking around. That was kind of a weird way to phrase it, huh? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> but Amir Rasul puts his name in. I don't think that's that's shocking that he'd be looking around because he's someone who who came in uh, kind of in the midst of a lot of really good running backs, you know, with Dalvin Cook on one on one side and, and Cam Makers on the other side with, with guys who came in, in, in previous and, and later classes. Uh, and so he just hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. He's been using spot duty and some special teams. Yeah, but let's be honest, when he did get in, you know, I'm not saying he played poorly when he got in, but it's not like he made an, the most of an opportunity where you say, oh, we can't put this guy on the bench anymore. I mean, he came of, in and he was serviceable. He did po- all right. Almost polarizing because I think some people see him and say, oh, my God, like there's this track speed and it's all there. Then others uh, will be like, yeah, So nothing, there's the nothing. ones that have watched him and then there's the ones that have read the recruiting updates. There's nothing – There's I got nothing against him. He didn't play He didn't play poorly. He did show flashes of speed. But, yeah. you know, he, he had a decent sample size to where um, he had an opportunity to um, – make the staff you know at least make a difficult decision on who they play and i think they did give him some opportunities and it, you know just 
didn't hasn't worked out for him yet, and he's going to be what a senior. Yeah, he's going to be a rising senior, and and let's see, he has forty nine career attempts in three years, uh, two hundred forty four rushing yards, one touchdown, five yards of carry. So I mean, that's fine. Five yards of carry will will work, um, but it's not anything you know extraordinary, especially at the college level. Uh, but you now all of a sudden, if you're Florida State, the depth, you know, if he does end up leaving again, this is just this is just him looking around right now. It's not a anything definitive, but you know, so that brings you with Cam Akers. Kalen LeBorn coming off the knee injury, a really serious one, uh, and then Anthony Grant, and that's currently what you have. I see a lot of people on the message board saying, well, why are, do you think, why are we offering all these running backs? Do there, you think it has to do with Amir Rasul? I and think it's so, like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then there's people that argue, well, our depth is fine, and they list Laybourne there, and they don't, they don't say anything about Laybourne coming off of a devastating knee injury. Like, these are the types of injuries where hopefully this doesn't happen, but you've seen players not be able to even come back from these type of injuries or not be themselves. So yeah. to just throw Laybourne's name on the depth chart and not even um, acknowledge what, what he's going through right now is kind of rec- reckless when you're, when you're accounting for what FSU has next year. Yeah, FSU's now in a situation with Russell leaving where they'll probably make it through the season okay with what they currently have, but it's not ideal by any means. Mm-hmm. They that- need another running back. Oh, I agree because yeah, you have you have three scholarship running backs right now, and like you said, uh, Layborn's a wild card. They do like Anthony Grant a lot, uh, and he's and I remember when Willie Tiger got here before the season started, he was telling me over the summer when when we were on campus hanging out and and at the uh, high school camps, mm-hmm. he was talking about the running back group to me and kind of like laughing about how oh yeah, guys guys think that we have too many too many men in this in this room he's like wait till you see how many running backs we use he was just kind of like laughing like we're going to use them all mm-hmm. so to say oh fsu would be okay with like with two or three healthy guys is not even that's not ideal for them that's not the way that they see it to be ideal and one one problem that i can foresee is, is and this has been reported on pretty extensively throughout the recruiting process or the cycle is that FSU wasn't really in the market for running back because they liked the depth that they had. That was with Rasul in the in the fold. And they thought that the 2020 class, especially regionally, was going to have a lot of talent. So they were okay, unless they were getting like a really, truly special uh, guy who could contend for like starting yeah, reps sooner than we later. Heard that, we heard that about the quarterback position last year. <laughs> but So that's, you know, it's amazing how quickly that can change. But I think right now, I don't want to say scrambling, but Florida State's, you know, post-signing day, there's a seems, flurry of offers out there. Yeah, it seems to be like there's a lot of offers out there. Like they're chumming for sharks in the water and seeing who's who's there. Um, I can't think of any of the names off the top of my head. I don't want to necessarily kick it to you if you can't think of some of the running backs that they've started kicking the tires on. But if you can, uh, now would be the time to interrupt me so I stop rambling. No, no you're good. Okay. Keep so, rambling. No, oh, I don't want to. The people are here for it. They love it. <laughs> some do. No, most don't. Um all right, I'm trying to All think right. what else we have. Is this 22 minutes? Well, that's before I had to stop and edit because you lost the connection on Skype and blamed it on me. Uh, so we're starting to run out of time here. Anything else you want to go over? Coaching stuff? What do we got? Anything you want to paint yourself in a corner so people can hold it, uh, hold you to it? No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying less. Yeah, in less 2019. That's my that's my new motto. I'm just going to say less in 2019. I like it. All right. All right. Well, let's end it on that. And uh, we'll hopefully be back and try to be doing more podcasts moving forward because I think people are liking that we're doing 
these 30 minute ones, uh, maybe do a couple of those a week. That seems to work out well. So I don't know if Josh has hung up on me or not. Josh, are you there? I'm here, Brendan. Wow. Okay. That makes me feel good. You usually just hang up on me. But anyways, Josh, thanks for joining me. Guys, thanks for listening. Remember. Okay. So that was Josh totally hanging up on me and it prematurely ended the recording of our Skype session, which is how we recorded the podcast. So uh, this is me being OCD and needing to finish the podcast properly, even though the quality is pretty poor because he hung up on us. Uh, this is me just signing off and, and sticking the landing, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, remember, five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. That'll help the, the popularity of the podcast if you do enjoy us. If not, I'm sure you'll give us one-star reviews and, and hurt my feelings. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.